go. Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. How you doing? I give a shit about you. I really, I really, really do. And you know what? Right now, we all need people who can, who we can, who give a shit about us. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm here every Thursday, two to three. Check out my archives online at RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. Um, I have a, one of my favorite co-hosts today, John Reed. He's the host of Race to the Bottom, which is on Radio Free Brooklyn every Saturday at 10 a.m. He's going to be with us in a minute. So we're going to do a real therapy session, but I just wanted to check in and let you know, I'm feeling kind of neurotic. I'm just going to be straight up about it. Um, Right today, this stuff is really starting to get to me. Uh, I've been around my husband. I mean, I am not alone. I'm with my husband, but it is getting, it's the anxiety in the air that's uh, the kind of the free-floating anxiety that's been getting to me lately, and I'm not really sure what to make of it. But I do think that uh, this kind of, situation that we're all in does lead to some regressive behavior. So that's what I'm keeping my eye on folks. And I do my own therapy session later today with a licensed therapist. So I'm looking forward to that myself. You won't be part of it, but so anyway, um, let me say hi. Let's, let's bring in John, John, John Reed. Hi, how are hey, you? I'm okay. It's uh, it's ex- I've wanted to do this show for a long time. I'm excited. Oh, oh really? I'm yeah. excited that you're excited. What a compliment. I see that helps right now. I feel better already. <laughs> um, John, why don't you tell us a little bit about your show? It's such, let me just tell you guys, it's a really interesting show. It's really hard to explain, but it's actually really perfect for the pandemic because you can spend an hour with John and feel like you're hanging out with kind of like somebody that's really comfy and interesting and entertaining. But you go ahead, John, describe your show. Well, thank you. I um, So the show's kind of taken different forms and, and I've kind of want... Given the permission, get myself the permission to let the show be whatever it needs to be uh, as it kind of moves forward. I used to do the show when I lived in North Carolina um, in Asheville. And at that time, it was uh, uh, pizza politics and comedy. Um, I would do like a political checkup kind of thing um, and and talk politics and culture and then I would also I was a pizza delivery driver at the time and I would um, lightly fictionalize my week as a pizza delivery driver and kind of tell stories from um, from the job Um, and then I would play music Um, now I'm a teacher and I don't really uh, feel comfortable like um, talking too much about my kids so um, (laughs) You mean your students? My students, yeah. <laughs> um, they feel like my kids a lot of the time, too. Um, uh-huh. So, so um, and I've also, just especially since the pandemic, 
And with this president we have, I really have kind of shied away from talking too much politics just because mm. you can get that almost anywhere and and it's just like well we need you to take us away from that and distract us from yeah. that so it's it, that's a good thing then yeah so i've just been kind of talking about life and and art and music uh-huh. that i've been into and well, recommend and books that i've been We've been talking about your family a little bit, and there's a bunch of philosophery people in your family, right? Mm -hmm. So, oh, by the way, guys, both of his parents are shrinks. His father's a psychiatrist, and his mother's like an LMSW or something, right? Yeah, LCSW. Yeah, so you can tell me if I'm as good as they are after this. Okay, will you let me know what you think? Okay, well, I've never (laughs) actually been in a... I've, it's felt like it, but I've never actually been in a therapy session with my parents. So. Well, anybody that's been raised by two therapists or shrinks, whatever, needs a lot of help. So I'm, I'm yeah, here for you, man. That's true. Um, and just so people get an idea of your background, um, you are a very happily married man. I know that from talking to you about, mm-hmm. you, you know, your wife who works with, um, she has a really worthwhile, like, I'm impressed by her job. Tell us, what is her job? We shouldn't she, digress. She but. works in, in refugee resettlement. So yeah. she, she manages the the contracts of, of different offices around the country that are resettled refugees. What, and yeah, what I'm sure. saying is John yeah. um, must have a shit together on some level because <laughs> he's married to that woman. How long have you been married? To, uh, yesterday was our second year anniversary. Oh, that's such a beautiful thing. I'm really, yeah. congratulations. That's Thank beautiful. You. Okay, so you're married, you work as a school teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and what grade do you teach? Um, next year I'll be teaching sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. And what subject do you teach? English. Oh, great. Do you enjoy that? That sounds enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, that Uh, sounds great. Especially the school where I work now is it's my Uh favorite job I ever had. Oh, really? What kind of of school is it? I can't can't really. Can't say. I can't say. All right. Okay. You work in the uh, New York City uh, five boroughs, though, right? Mm -hmm. I live, I work in Manhattan and I live in Queens. Yeah. Okay. So your his life sounds pretty good, right? So what brings you into therapy today, John? Um, yeah, I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about. Um, I have been, um, I, so my wife and I are starting the process of trying to have a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have been thinking a lot about um, death. Uh, uh-huh. yeah. uh, and, um, and I guess mostly, most acutely it happens when I think about uh, my parents getting older uh-huh. and especially because, you know, hopefully if, if we have a kid, um, I will be, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be, I would be 41 when the kid is born and, you know, my parents, I was realizing it last night that by the time my kid is 10 years old, my dad will be almost 90. Mm. Uh, so I'm just like, I feel this impending kind of mortality um, mm-hmm. with them. And then I 
Um, and then I just think about my own mortality and, um, and I try to like, and then I do this thing where I just think of like how, it's like the, the idea, it was like in True Detective that like time mm -hmm. is a flat circle where like every, you know, everything is as already happened and already mm -hmm. will happen. So just, I like think about like all the people in my life and just all their successive deaths Wow. That's so overwhelming, man. Yeah. Wow, and so much going on in there. Yeah. <laughs> I just like, you know. So, so, okay. So, I mean, to some degree, that sounds natural, right? Mm -hmm. Because you think about you're bringing a new life into the world. A lot of people um, feel, I think, feel that you know, having a baby makes them immortal or, you know, in some way and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But having a baby is something that would naturally bring up how old am I going to be when I have the baby? Am I going to be around until this baby is a full grown adult? Mm -hmm. uh, are my parents like all that stuff seems really natural, right? Mm -hmm. But um, I'm, I'm kind of still wondering, like, so those are all natural thoughts, but mm -hmm. how is it affecting you? Like, how do you, how do you feel about it? like what's going on with that? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it's natural. I think it also brings up just like, um, previous kind of trauma that I've had, um, from, growing up and from having like a very early appreciation of, of death and, and a, uh, that led to a lot of panic uh, from a very young age. Uh -huh. And so, um, and I've been thinking of now about like, you know, also what they say about being a parent is that like, you're, you know, you're there for, the kids so it's you like I'm wondering if I'm going to be able to be less hung up about my own stuff to be able to make a safe life for my kid an emotionally safe life mm -hmm. for my kid mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um, and provide a little bit more safety than I think I had um, when in my childhood mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. or, around some of those ideas and stuff Mm -hmm. So that would make sense that that would be um, traumatic or that you would, that would bring up um, like, yeah, that would, um, do you want to explain, would you mind explaining just sort of quickly the story mm -hmm. you told me in the uh, intake about your brother when you were a little kid, when you were three? Yeah. So one of my earliest memories is my brother um, repeatedly, uh, explaining to me how we're all going to die someday and when we die it's going to be nothingness and there's no heaven and there's no afterlife and there'll just be nothing it won't even be blackness because blackness is something just kept like going until mm -hmm. uh he saw me 
lose lose my mm-hmm. shit. And right. And he was nine years older, folks. He was mm-hmm. nine years older and um, he still has a mo- whatever. He's got some problems of his own, but he he did this in a very sadistic way. A nine year old uh, making getting a three year old to understand the concept of death, which is mm-hmm. when the kid obviously did not want to go there. And we can all imagine how traumatic that would be. Um, and you did start dealing it with, with that later in high school, but it is like something that is really difficult. It's a trauma that's hard to resolve because, you know, it's, it's just the truth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the thing. Right. It's, it's right. like how they say that, like, uh, you know, if you're addicted to alcohol, you just don't drink. But if you're addicted to food, like it's difficult because, or if right. you have food issues, because you, right. you have to eat, it's the same as that. It's like with death, you know, it's like you have to die. So you're gonna die, yeah. Yeah. Like, so if you're having panic about death, it is, you know, you're not alone either. But yeah. it's still like it's something that I think is a real challenge for all humans to integrate into their lives. You know, we all have phobias about things. Like I have a phobia about vomiting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fairly easy to avoid that, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it, but I do get overly anxious if I feel nauseous. And I think we all have these kind of traumas. But obviously for you, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. So you've tried to integrate this into your life, your whole life, right? I mean, you've, you've yeah. been in therapy. And so this is a new challenge. This is sort of the same, the problem that's going to plague you forever. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of just a different version of it or a different, a new way into it. Do you feel as you get older that the fear of death becomes more manageable for you? In a way. So I guess the, the other piece of, I Mm -hmm. guess that what I'm dealing with, with it that I was telling you uh, before also is that um, along with, so along with that trauma and stuff, I, um, I started to kind of have this, these kind of dis- dissociative um, feelings and, and kind of out-of-body experiences and mm-hmm. kind of on the outside looking in, kind of the observing ego. Um, mm-hmm. But what I didn't tell you, Lisa, is that um, in my research, you know, when I finally felt like, I remember literally typing in, why do I not feel like me, like into the Google search, you know? Wow. <laughs> and, you know, like after, this was after college, you know, I'm just like, I've had it like, mm-hmm. um, and dissociate, dissociative disorder came up and stuff. And I read about it. Um, uh, in my readings and research about dissociation, most people do it to like protect themselves from the trauma. Right, right, right. With me, whenever when I had like my first really big kind of like out of body experience, mm-hmm. associative experience when I was ten years old, it was the most terrifying feeling that I mm-hmm. had ever experienced. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then subsequently, from ten years old until like still sometimes now, like I was telling you, I can't really. I have a hard time with mirrors and stuff. Mm-hmm. That you get, you get panicky when you look in mirrors. Or yeah, something, right? I or like also with this. So as I'm laying in bed last night thinking about death, I also have like this branch 
pathway in my mind where I can also just be like, yeah, but I'm not me. Like, so I don't really need to worry about this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes I, sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, like I'm not really John Reed, so it doesn't, not that I'm like have some other person that I am. It's not like a multiple personality thing. It's just that like, Oh, but I'm, I don't have to be this person. I'm this other mm-hmm. spirit or entity, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, so it's that stuff that's like, um, so you still, so you have a dissociative experience. Does that feel scary and panicky or does that calm you down? It's still scary and panicky. But no, does that make you, when you feel disassociated, does that make you more scared or yeah. that's worse? Ironically, because, yeah, because most yeah. people, like, you would think you would dissociate to get out of the thing, but um, for some reason, it's almost like I tried to dissociate and didn't, like, get all the way out of my body. I'm, like, halfway right in this right. limbo where I can, right. I don't feel like myself, but I'm not fully... Uh, you're still trapped in the anxiety. Yeah. I get, I get that. So have, you know, I wonder, um, so do you feel strongly about having kids? Like, is this something that you want? Do you have any ambivalence or? I, I would really, uh, like to, to, yeah. Yeah. You, you're, you're, you, you don't have ambulance. Well, now your wife, I imagine, um, is, she well she obviously knows what's your feelings and stuff Mm -hmm. like that so that would be the support system there so Mm -hmm. what what what's that what's her role in helping you cope with it i my wife complete like has been the a godsend to to Mm -hmm. me as in so many ways but as far as my especially my mental health i mean um she just has been able to balance um, things mm-hmm. out. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been together for six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm married for two, but, um, mm-hmm. and she, she just smooths it, up, it it out, you know, also, she, I mean, I also have uh, suffer from depression and, and just general mm-hmm. anxiety and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't have like the highs and lows as much because she's just a really calming because you uh, made a good choice in picking a partner too. Yeah. Good for you. And yes. you know, I'm sure you're, you know, I'm sure she gets a lot from you. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does she say? Because I mean, I don't see any way of completely avoiding. I mean, you're going to have to cope with this, right? Yeah. Right. This ain't going away. I'm no. sorry. I mean, yeah. personally, I'm really sorry that you have to go through this. You, mm-hmm. I don't know you that well. You seem like such a sweet guy and you'd probably be a great dad. Like I have the faith, mm-hmm. but I know like, it's sort of like, it feels like, you know, you, you, but you have to deal with it. Uh, but it's going to hurt no matter what, like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what somebody you're going to su- It's suffering. Yeah. There's some suffering in there no, for you, no matter what. But when you talk to your wife about it, does she feel comfortable about it? Are you able to, like, she's going to have to help manage this, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of this is going to be, unfortunately, I think there's only some, do you feel like this? Do you feel like you try to manage it as much as you can before sharing it with her? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, and, you know, thankfully, as I've 
gotten older, like, I don't really, with that said, I never, I very seldom have to share it with her because mostly I'm just, um, I'm able to deal with it kind of Uh, (laughs) in-house. In bed. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, I think uh, other, you know, listeners or people who have spent their lives with panic and anxiety, like, hopefully at some point you kind of just get used to it um, in, in a way and and can figure out how to navigate it. And a lot of it is just also, I, it would sound really annoying. And sometimes it's not, it would sound annoying to somebody who's having a panic attack, but sometimes it, it does have an, an element of choice or self-fulfilling prophecy. Cause I'll definitely notice in my head, like, a lot of times anxiety comes when I'm about to go to sleep. I'll tell myself, like a voice in my head will be like, oh, I think I'm going to have a panic attack. Mm. And then I'll have one because I said that, you know? Oh, because uh, you're like afraid. It's almost like you're afraid of it. That's yeah. That's what this sounds a bit like. It sounds like you're worried about being worried. Yeah. And that's what's actually worrying you because you're 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 dealing with something that's very triggering and and also unknown. Mm-hmm. Um I also want to point out you guys that uh John is a great example of how to handle mental issues. Uh I certainly have plenty myself and 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 uh, have worked towards what John is demonstrating which is to try to manage them on your own as much as you can, because if you bring them into the relationship and expect your partner to handle it, it's going to put an extra stress on the relationship. So I applaud you for doing that. I wonder if you're being overly, like maybe you need a little more help with this. Have you Mm -hmm. had, like, what is your wife? What is, because this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like you have, um, let's call it a handicap. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like is, you know, like if you were missing a couple of fingers or something, you'd be like, well, he's not going to be able to do this or that. Let's Mm -hmm. say your left hand didn't work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Something like that. And it is really that tangible, I think. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, it's not going away. Yeah. It's it's, it's, at some points in my life it has been, but I think I've figured out. So in the, like, if my, part of my left hand didn't work. I figured out how I can still like hold a a pencil and (laughs) open a jar, you know? Right. So, but what I'm saying is I think there, I, I, I'm an unlicensed therapist. I don't know shit guys, but I think that, um, that, that you were traumatized at an age that was so early on that it really got, integrated into who you are and that you really can't get rid of that i mean Mm -hmm. i just think it was too young Mm -hmm. you know like um my fear of throwing up came because as a child you throw up and my mother panicked and like that's not going away and i think um that you can't you can't feel like it's your fault or that you can actually do that much about it do you do you see that Mm -hmm. yeah you know so as a parent unit, you have 
as a as a couple you as a parent unit you have a this particular deficit mm -hmm. i mean there's probably a lot of strengths that compensate and all that mm -hmm. so it, a lot of it is going to be your wife you're going to need to get your wife to help you with this i think right yeah um i mean we're a good team she, she has her own anxiety stuff too um uh i don't know how much my all this stuff really um, kind of handicaps me as far as like day-to-day -day stuff. Uh, the, the, the biggest issue is probably like, uh, you know, laying in bed at night and not being able to go to sleep um, for, mm -hmm. for a while and kind of, but mm -hmm. with that, even I've just given myself permission to like, be like, okay, I'm going to, I, let's just let's just go with it panic let's out go, let's panic yeah, out yeah what's the worst that can happen like you know i'll just uh -huh. my heart will race and then i'll stop racing and then i can go like i will you know sleep will come uh you know and also like what with what you're saying just accepting that i'm not this isn't going away uh you know and i've able been able to live a really full life yeah um regardless so it's not like something that i need to be that i don't have yeah. to be afraid of being afraid you know like right you said. right 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 it sounds like it's really pushed you to be a, a like a really strong person to me hopefully I think you've gotten a lot of strength out of that so um i think it sounds like you're really enthusiastic about having a kid, which I think is really key. Mm -hmm. Having a, that's what you want. You want to have a, it sounds, frankly, I'm going to tell you something, John. I think you've got, I think you've got this. <laughs> 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 I think that um, it sounds, and like, you know, guys, like he, he's been going to therapy to deal with these issues mm -hmm. since he, college on and off, right? Is that what you said? For I mean, high, high, school. high school, first in high school and then in college. And then, uh, and then a few years ago, I had this kind of thing where all of a sudden I'd never had this issue, but all of a sudden I couldn't sleep and I would have, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I went like four nights without sleeping. Mm -hmm. And then, mm -hmm. uh, cause I would, I don't know if anybody has ever had this you know when you you know when you're going to fall asleep because you're you'll like have a thought that doesn't you're like that's kind of of a weird thought I must be falling asleep because that is almost I'm like halfway into a dream you'll mm -hmm. be you'll be like oh yeah my thoughts are getting hazy I'm kind of drifting off I would have a thing where I would notice that and I'd be like oh yeah I doubt like it's hard to even explain a lot of my issues are like getting into my head in this like meta way of like thinking about thinking about thinking mm -hmm. you know so mm -hmm. i would say uh you know i just need to fall asleep i just need to get into a relaxed state and then i would say oh i'm in a relaxed state but that woke me back up again to realize that i'm falling asleep <laughs> you know yeah, I'm too, too conscious of 
of the process. Like, so mm -hmm. I can't just let it happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're talking about uh, a guy who's too smart for his own good in a certain yeah. way. It's really what it is. Cognitive therapy. Have you done that? Yeah, that's my Does last that therapist. Help? He he helped me figure out a lot of stuff through cognitive therapy. It was cognitive therapy, but also like um, he was big on on like locating my feelings um, in my body mm -hmm. and not just my head. So like, if you like, how are you feeling? Where? How do? You, how do you? Mm -hmm. How does that make you feel? What is? You, what do you feel in your chest? How? Are, mm -hmm. Like and connecting it more to my whole body and getting out of like this constant mm -hmm. cycle in my head mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which was really helpful oh okay so you get an a in emotional coping man <laughs> i mean I so. you really do look at this guys see i mean i i i'm in awe i mean he's done so much work the co you know cognitive therapy is just disciplining yourself to have new thought patterns and stuff like that when you really can't do much else. And uh, I, I think that, you know, I find that really impressive. Um, so. And so with the, with the cognitive therapy stuff, another example of that is when I was saying that like it being a choice when you're going to have a panic attack or like I would tell myself, Oh, I don't think I'm going to be able to sleep tonight you know, and then I wouldn't sleep, um, is with cognitive therapy, I realized just as I have that voice saying those negative things, I can also have a voice, a protective voice in my head that says, actually, that's just one story. You know, you can right. tell yourself the story that, oh, you're going to have a panic attack. Why not have another part of your uh, ego or whatever come in and say, actually, you know what? Uh, I think I might get a little nervous, but I'm going to be able to sleep mm -hmm. and it's going to be fine. Like mm -hmm. to like, balance that out and get some other synapses firing in a more positive way. Right, right. So it sounds like what, what kind of, um, what, like, what do you imagine um, your, issues affecting like what are you afraid of like what what is an example of something that you might you're afraid might happen in like being a dad is it the mm. dad part is it the going through the parenting part is it reliving your own childhood yeah i um, i didn't even think about re reliving my own childhood but i think that that's probably a, a part of it but i think that like for better or for worse, I think a lot of parents um, try to like re relitigate their childhoods through their kids, you know. So like, uh -huh. ho hopefully, in a positive way, I will be able to um, right the wrongs of my childhood, uh, primarily of giving my kid more uh, safety. Um, and more of a childhood without uh, trauma as as best I can do. I guess you also worry as a parent or I worry that like my unconscious shit will just flow into my kid, uh -huh. you know, like uh -huh. I think a lot of parents do anything that that's why I want to like stay in therapy and try to um, figure out what's 
really going on inside of me so that I don't unintentionally seep in a bunch of like crap. I want to be your kid. That sounds, <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine if most parents thought like that? Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is interesting. So I just can't, I guess what I'm thinking about is I'm wondering if you appreciate all the hard work you, like you should be like, <laughs> I, I, you've done a lot of really good hard work and it sounds like your issues are really, they affect you the most. Yeah, hopefully. Um, you know, they, they, yeah, it makes me think of like the example of my brother where his issues, he had to, push all of his issues onto me to it was almost like he I was his mm -hmm. guinea pig and he wanted to see oh how is he going to really react to the fact I'm freaking out about the fact that we all die let me terrorize my brother and see how he reacts to it right. so I want to get a, as far away from that as possible as a dad you know right but you also don't want to overcompensate either mm -hmm. right yeah um you have experience. You said you have nieces and nephews. So mm -hmm. how is that? How's your relationship with them? Do you have any relationship with children like that? Or do you see I, them? I see my, my sister's kids. Um, and I was have been a big part of their lives. It's hard because now they're, you know, my sister's kids are now entering adolescence where they don't really want anything to do with uh, anybody. Oh, yeah. You know, so. Any relatives, for, any old people, for God's yeah, sake. Exactly. No way. So that's kind of rough because I was, you know, very involved in their lives from the time they were babies. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, hopefully, did they, did they hopefully live they'll like come back, you know, to, to me, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and realize how important I am to them, you know, cause I'll like text them and stuff and they won't write back. You guys enjoy your thing. teenage life. I'll be here when you're, you know, yeah. in your twenties. But you keep like, that's a great thing about, um, that's what parents have to do, right? You have to just be there and like mm -hmm. have them ignore you and be mean and do all that. Yeah. And you still, but you don't, you still show up no matter yeah think of you know the other side of the coin of death is is life and just like the idea of of bringing life into this world is is pretty amazing you know i i'm not i'm sure i'm not i'm the billionth person to say that but it's just like it's yeah it's pretty stunning that um and just, you know, and I, uh, maybe I get this from my dad and my brother, but I'm just like, what is this, li what is life? What is this consciousness? Like how, and just as real as my life and consciousness is, and, uh, you know, that will be created in this new vessel of a baby. It's pretty, pretty unbelievable. Yeah, you know, I, I think about that too, because there are very few times where, you know, everything is so processed now and so pre-digested for us, including like, say, our food. We don't think mm -hmm. about life or death when we're eating, you know, animals, yeah. even, even conceptually veganism or whatever. Yeah. 
but but the thing is it's very rare that you actually get to see the the miracle of being being on the planet or what mm-hmm. it means to be on the planet i think life i think death i haven't seen any birth up close but death mm-hmm. is also one of those things i have yeah. you know i've had seen a been with some relatives and stuff like that so i think it's the profoundness of that is just really you know i yeah yeah. are you concerned about whether you're going to be able to have you know whether you guys are going to be successful in having a child have you is Um, that concerning you maybe uh maybe a little bit um you know it's we're we are older and and uh um, but, you know, I, I have friends that, you know, I'm, I'm 40 and my wife's 38. I have, oh. we, we have friends that, yeah. That's uh, not have, old. Yeah. We have friends who have gone through the, this process recently. It's so crazy. All these Corona babies are, are happening. Um, you know, and, and if, if you can't, uh, make it happen, you know, traditionally, you, I, you can, there's a bunch of other ways to oh, do yeah. it. Oh, so, yeah, you know. yeah, 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 I don't think so, that's, yeah, so, um, one, one but, thing I am have uh, one way that I'm preparing also is, is to, uh, I've, I, because my wife can't drink, and I've, I, so I've, I've been, um, not drinking too, which has been, um, I think good. Um, you know, I think with all that talk about coping and stuff, especially during COVID, I've definitely used alcohol as like a Mm -hmm. self-medicating kind of thing. Like I think a lot of people have, and, and I think, you know, and like, I think a lot of people have self-reported on social media probably was, I was drinking, uh, too much, you know, um, mm-hmm. and, um, just health wise. And so I've, I'm like, uh, like two weeks in to, to not drinking, just going to take a break with it. Uh, oh, oh man, more inspiration. This guy's too good. <laughs> I don't know. So, so you've been doing that too, yeah. right? So you're doing everything you can. Yeah. And yeah, so it's, it's interesting. Like the biggest thing with not drinking is like, you know, as I'm sure you could see my, my mind is like. Very active. Very active. So some, yeah. So sometimes you want to like, I want to just take a break from my own thoughts. Right. But, and it's hard without, you know, alcohol or, any drugs of any kind like it's it's hard to find ways to like take a break mm-hmm. uh, from the swirling thoughts so you know that's so you're dealing with that on top of everything else yeah. mm-hmm. right what about uh do you got go outside at all or do you have you been going yeah. out get, getting we've been some going nature? On, on, we've been going on walks yeah um so that's good and i've been um I started this like exercise routine in oh, the great. that I could do in the house, which is just like sit ups and push ups and jumping jacks and just real basic kind of um, that I can do in in the apartment, which has been great, you know. Mm-hmm. 
because like as a New Yorker, I'm we all walk used to walk all all the time yeah, just right, right, to right. and from work and the store and the train and stuff I would you know on my iPhone it was like I'd walk like four or five miles a day you mm-hmm. know before and now it's like you walk from the bedroom to the kitchen to the you know living room right it's like, right so it's you so gotta that's, try to right that's hard too that's yeah. hard too and also I think the stress of being a teacher right now is mm-hmm. very, very difficult, Yeah, right? I think that that seems like something that's really out of your control, right? Yeah. And do you have other, I mean, you don't really know, I'm guessing, we don't, that they haven't really announced any kind of firm, your firm uh, plan for teachers, have they? No, I mean, they're, my school right now is saying that we'll do some kind of hybrid of of in person and and online but i i really really don't think that we should go back in person until we have a a, a vaccine i mean it's just you see all over the country we're just like tiptoeing back into reopening the economy and then it immediately you can't outsmart this virus Mm, if mm. you're around if you're around people a lot it's gonna spread like it's there's just (laughs) right you know so you're dealing with that I think a lot of anxiety I think I think a lot of anxiety that's that's under the category what I call free-floating anxiety because that's an anxious that's crazy making right yeah I mean for any anybody so I think dealing with that and also thinking about any other, like any other major life circumstance, whether mm-hmm. it be having a child or moving or anything is going to like, just, you're in a fucked up situation, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I get all crazy about like, like what's going on in Portland with these like secret police and oh, I know Trump yeah the the idea of like if we have a kid of of trump being president again it's Uh just like Uh all that stuff you wake up and look at your phone and like that's that's a lot of anxiety too yeah you know i'm feeling a little conflicted because like on one hand i think and and you tell me but i'm feeling a little conflicted on on your behalf because on one hand like i do really want you to be a dad and i Mm -hmm. think that's going to be fine and i think like you know, you're going to be a great dad. Your wife is only 38. That's not, you know, Mm -hmm. it's all fine. But this is a really, really stressful time. And I think for you in particular with, I think like not having, um, you know, a, a, a job that has a certain routine to it and a certain unpredictability mm-hmm. right now. I think a predictable way to earn a living, if you have that, you are way ahead of the game and not mm-hmm. that many people have that. And I'm wondering if, like, if you might just think of putting it on hold for, like, I might, if I was in your shoes, I might just take that off the table for now, mm-hmm. see what yeah. happens you know, see what happens, but I might just like, because until you get the teacher, your teaching job resolved, like that, that's crazy making, like everything else is just going to make your, that's an, and not drinking, your life is hard enough, (laughs) right? Yeah, well, 
I mean, I know, I do know that regardless of, of what happens with, with the teaching scenario that I do have a job, job mm-hmm. you know, and, and so that's, that's good. That's good. And, you know, if, if it means go, going into school a couple times a week, I, I mean, I, I would bet a million dollars that if we go into school a couple times a week, we'll do it for a couple months and then they'll something we'll go back happen. into quarantine again. I mean, mm-hmm. and hopefully that doesn't involve me getting Corona or, or somebody that I know getting COVID, but it's probably, you know. Do you have any teachers that you can talk to about it that you've talked to about that? Yeah. I, it's last year was my first year at the school that, um, at this mm-hmm. new job, mm-hmm. so, but I think that I kind of want to try to get the wheels rolling to get us to put together like a petition of the teachers that just says that we would like to. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have um, a group like a social media group in any way or anything like that? Well, the English department, we all have like a, a uh-huh. group. So what's his, what's the sense from your colleagues? We're all apprehensive and just hope that, um, do they feel the way you do? Up. Like you're, you're you yeah, don't want, I, I think you don't want to go back. That's what I'm hearing. In no, person. I don't. You absolutely no. don't. You don't. I don't think anybody should go back until we have a, 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 you know, a vaccine. I mean, you look at, at, at other countries, if, if we could, as a, country we can't do anything together as a country but these other places you just pay people to stay at home for three weeks and then you basically have the thing licked but right we couldn't, we couldn't do that everybody right. we have all these idiots that don't want to wear masks and and just go on about their lives and are spreading the disease all over the place like until we have a vaccine it just doesn't make sense okay so you're clear about that and are your colleagues also clear about that i mean they're a bit more ambivalent i think i'm the most strident about it um but i I think that they by and large agree with me but they're like more like well we'll see but i i feel like if i were at the school for a bit longer i would like organize oh i see you haven't been there that long so you don't want to be on the front lines and make yeah i'm not like norma ray yeah 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 i could see that well i think it's you know it's a developing situation but uh, i mean like i i've gone back to is that there's so much uncertainty that mm-hmm. it just all boils into one horrible pot. <laughs> yeah. How were you doing before the pandemic? Before all this? Were you talking about having a family then too? Um, we were talking about it, but um, I think when my wife, she just turned 38 and I think for some reason that was like a, a mark because right. I've I've been re- I've been ready for a couple of years to have a kid. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, and so. she's finally like ready on board. <laughs> yeah. Um, Did that was that before or after the pandemic? It was it was after. Mm. Um, yeah. We're all rethinking our lives right now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, you know. 
Well, that hasn't been very long then. No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all this stuff, I mean, the other thing, you know, we have to keep in mind that this is not forever. No. It's all very temporary. Like this whole COVID thing is, by the time, I bet if you got pregnant today, by the time you had the baby, it would probably be pretty much resolved, right? Yeah, I hope so. And something that we do as anxious people is time freeze, you know? Uh, I like, I feel like the way I feel right now is the way I'm always going to feel. Um, so I need right. to, you know, so right, I think right, that we, right. you need to keep, yeah, that's an right. important thing to remember is that it's not always going right. to be this way. Um, I mean, that's basically an anxiety attack. I feel mm -hmm. this way. I can't stop feeling this way. Am I going to feel this way? Um, can can I ask you a personal question? Do you take medication? Are you prescribed medication? I do. Yeah. So that that seems like that. Does that help? Yeah. What kind? Can I ask you what you take? Um, I'm on Wellbutrin now, uh -huh. um, which is seems to be doing a pretty good job. Um, yeah, I've tried to go off. I've been mostly on meds for my adult life. I've tried to go off a few times and I will be fine for a while. And then like, eventually I'll just kind of Something, fall, fall yeah. into like, a, you know, where it's just hard to get through a day because of how anxious I am. Mm -hmm. And I, again, I just think that that, you know, is because of the, the mm -hmm. trauma that, mm -hmm. that I experienced. Like, yeah it's not just anxiety it brings up all this like do you think about do you think so you know when you went through that with your brother um it doesn't sound like your parents were keeping an eye on you and your brother right mm -hmm. well they weren't re they weren't aware of what was going on is yeah. that right yeah so do you worry about your parents as grandparents maybe maybe a little bit and yeah i do and, yeah. and what what do you worry about um, well, also my dad can just, uh, he doesn't really have a filter of like, what would maybe be a appropriate to talk to a little kid about. Uh -huh. I remember he would just freak me out with, with stuff that it, he's, he would say, and he thinks that he's just joking. Like, I remember we were on a boat with my nephews uh, a couple years ago a few years ago, because they were pretty little at the time. And my dad said to my nephew, what if this boat just uh, sprung a leak and we all just, you know, oh, and we God. all just started sinking. God. And I was like, dad, you can't say that to, like, they don't know that you're just, uh, he's like, oh, well, I was just joking, you know? And it's like, no, dad, when I was little and you said that kind of stuff, it would, scare the shit out of me you can't talk like that like but he just doesn't get it wow you know? wow wow what a wow that or guy's like using <laughs> kids for his own entertainment for yeah. fear mm -hmm. oh my god wow yeah so but but i think like you would probably be able to mitigate that right when yeah. you like don't listen to grandpa he doesn't yeah right exactly be able, and then you would probably feel like if you were I bet I bet having a kid would resolve some of this stuff for you too, because if you could protect your own children yeah. against your dad, or your, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That, it, you're, you're right. It, it's that thing of like re, getting the read the do over and making it, uh, you know, making it work this time. Yeah. Well, I mean, it also makes me wonder why, I mean, it makes me think that that's probably also why you're such a great teacher. Because mm. you really like improving kids' lives. The kids probably love you, right? Do you feel a real connection with them? Yeah. And I, I think more than a lot of teachers, I'm really clued into those like socio-emotional stuff um, with my kids and kind of can figure out where, where they're where they are emotionally and and kind of reach out to them and make deep connections in ways that I think other teachers who might be have more experience than me with the academic side don't get you know mm-hmm. I think that's one of the strongest things about me as a teacher you're really sensitive oh yeah. wow wow have you ever thought about you'd be a great adolescent shrink or child shrink have you ever thought about it I I mean I think that ship has sailed. I feel like I kind of am, I kind of am kind of are, right? Yeah, because also I'm in it, like, as, as a teacher, I'm also an advisor. Uh, like, I have an uh-huh. advisory group, and so uh-huh. I, we have, we meet, like, once a week, and I also meet one-on-one with my kids. Well, I also think it could actually be overwhelming for you if you actually were the shrink because then you'd also have that much responsibility this way you have like a bunch of kids and Mm -hmm. and uh you're doing something productive with them and you're available to them but you're not like there to solve their problems or for them to be the person they're leaning on the person so i don't know man i think you've got it worked out i also don't want to you know i want to do something different than my parents, you know, I didn't want to like also be a therapist uh-huh. after my th- parents were, you know, you don't want to uh-huh. do the exact same thing. Uh, well, it doesn't sound like you necessarily want to follow in, in their footsteps. No, I mean, there are things that I, you know, I, when you talk about like mental health and stuff, you usually talk about the negative things. There's a lot of great um positive things about my parents you know I love them a lot uh Mm -hmm. but um so that's like the thing of like thinking about being a dad is like what what are the positives that I of my childhood that I want to yeah I try to recreate yeah I mean I think you have a lot of I think that you know I was I think one of the things that's good for you to remember is all the positive things you've done for yourself Mm-hmm. you know and 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 the life like I think you know it but I you know that's something you can really lean on the life you've created for yourself um I also think it's really complicated to have a sibling where the major trauma comes from the sibling as opposed to the parents mm-hmm. because we always I think psychology is sort of set up to assume that all the problems come from particularly the mother and stuff yeah but there are many many instances where siblings because you can really fly under the radar as as an abusive sibling and no one's going to so all you guys out there that are traumatized by your siblings you know like it's no one's fault it's just to know where it's coming from and that it's not your fault Mm -hmm. that's the most important thing um 
Well, we're going to have to wrap up, but I, because we only have a minute left, but uh, I think you're a real inspiration. You're actually an inspiration to me to keep my shit together because <laughs> you've managed to do so, so well under so many challenges. And I want, will you let me know when, you know, when you, when you announce your pregnancy? Yeah, yeah. Will you I'm let us yeah. know? Because yeah. we would, I would, I am looking forward to that. I really yeah. am. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah. You know, Noel, one of our other hosts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're where he had. So yeah. Very. It's very exciting when we reproduce it. Where you're <laughs> so anyway, yeah. I just want to say thanks to everybody for tuning in. Thank you, John. This has been a great inspiring session. I'm really excited. I think your future sounds exciting and, and, I know things will work out. I mean, this is all temporary. And uh, stick around, okay, guys? And go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com and donate some money because um, it's really important for me, for all of us, for me to keep doing Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And um, please pitch in and, and help us out during this very, very difficult and very important time. And... Um, Okay, we did it. All right. Yeah, that was great. That was Thank great. you. Yeah, you know, it's really fun. funny. You're like the worried well. You know, I think you're you're somebody that really um pretty I mean, this is my take on it. You're somebody who really does have their shit together. You've got some emotion you have trauma, but like mm -hmm. I'm really impressed. I have trauma too. Uh, different kinds, of mm -hmm. course, but I wish that I was able to manage my shit as well as you manage yours. You really are good at it. Well, maybe it's just a good Wait, day. Wait, I can't hear you, and I'm not sure why. Wait, oh, oh. yeah, and... Um, yeah, maybe it's just a good day. I don't know. Maybe talk to me tomorrow. We'll see. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but yeah, I, I appreciate it. You're a pretty strong person, and, uh, you know, probably good. You're going to be a great dad. I'm excited for you. Have, do you do you keep in touch with other people? Or are you alone with your wife all the time, or have you managed to? We've um, my wife's parents live in New York, and we've we've done a couple social distanced picnics, um, and also we have friends in our apartment building that we've hung out with a couple times. But oh, that's um, good. So that's good. Yeah. 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 Well, anyway, I just want to say thank you so much, and thanks for your patience. Yeah. And, uh, I'm going to try and, uh, well, we, we, I want to try and organize, um, I was talking to Tom and saying that we need to have at least a monthly Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, stay tuned and we're going to be doing that. Okay? okay. Yeah. I'd love to see you there. Yeah. All right. Have a great day. Yeah. I love the show. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, thank you. I really yeah. appreciate it. It's great to talk to you. Yeah. I'm All so right. lonely. <laughs> I know. It's so good to like. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Have a great All day, right. John. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye, Lisa.